This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3036 for Monday, the 23rd of March, 2020. Today's show is entitled, Wii U is Dead Long Live Wii U. Quote, it is hosted by Operator, and is about 24 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, how to approach D-ishmod communities. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello and welcome to another Hacker Public Radio with your host operator. This one's going to be kind of a revisit of the Wii U hacking stuff. Um, mainly uh, Jay Gecko or TCP Gecko formerly. Um, my five-year-old, this came about because my five-year-old is starting to play games and we have a, a Lego game that he, you know, is getting better at, but, you know, I don't want him to have to struggle and farm for 30,000 bricks or whatever that it takes to get. Now, I have a saved game that I downloaded. Um, generally, with some of these systems, you can mod your your system and then download saves, um, and there will be repositories of different kinds of saves um, for any kind of local-based games. You can usually find a save file, um, but I didn't necessarily want to do that in this case, so I did keep that save file. And I'll put links, and you know, let me remind myself to put links for the save file. I have a clicky keyboard, you'll have to excuse me for that. Um, so, uh, the scene has obviously kind of crashed with all the Wii U stuff, and even about the Wii and the Wii U are about at the same level of involvement. But I will say there is a community for um, Nintendo Homebrew, excuse me, on Discord, and they have a Wii U assistance channel, 3DS, and Switch assistance channel. Um, didn't really help me at all. I ended up finding videos, um, which I'll put in uh, links to videos. Um, so mainly what happens with with um, the struggles that people have today is is when you're trying to do something or figure something out is, this is basic Google foo. Um, you want to search within a year. And if you get no hits, then good luck. You can uh, specify custom years with uh, advanced, excuse me, advanced searches in Google. But generally, I'll do filter by last year, and I'll type in whatever I'm typing. Um, with these modding guides and all these modding videos and 999 and cheats and all that stuff, you get a lot of clickbait. So my suggestion to anybody trying to mod or soft mod or anything mod is go directly to the horse's mouth. So go to Webrew, go to whatever the software, um, you know, the open source or whatever source software is available um, and then kind of go from there and try to figure out what they're doing today who's using what tools today um, so when I did this years ago um, I soft modded my Wii using the uh, Twilight thing because we had purchased the Twilight 
CD. And then <clears throat> played around for a little while and realized that um, you could do cheats. And the way they do cheats is kind of interesting. And I might have mentioned this in the other podcast I did. Is they have a TCP-based cheat uh, app, basically. So it will pull the memory down remotely. Or you can poke the memory remotely. Um, and download like cheat files and memory files and stuff like that. So one would think it would actually be easier to do like Ocarnia, which the Wii U had. Um, I think they just kind of circumvented all that and said, you know what, since everybody's connected, we have a connected environment, we can have a client that's connected and they can update cheats and have cheats pulled down from the internet and everything is kind of, kind of got to be a little bit easier where you have a database of cheats and and all that stuff. So I think that was the intention behind some of this as we grow more connected. Um, but I was a little surprised to see that there was a TCB based like memory, uh, memory injection tool, like memory tool, which is kind of, kind of fascinating to me. I don't, I've never done any of that type of stuff. Um, at least with, with consoles, um, in the windows environment. Sure. But it was very interesting to, to, to see how some of these worked. Um, some of them had Python scripts that I had to run, um, for a particular game, um, to get like all the items in the game or to get a certain amount of, you know, coins or whatever, or unlock a specific item. Um, and it was a lot of work and these guys do a lot of work cause it's not just a memory address. Sometimes, sometimes you got to trace down multiple memory addresses to figure out how that item is actually equipped or, um, set up and the memory address space for any of these guys, especially not on PCs. Um, but for, you know, the Wii U, um, especially for me, you can't just dump out the whole address space cause you get like one K per second or something, uh, transfer rate, at least over the Wi-Fi for the Wii U. Um, but I'm sure there's some local dumping utilities. I didn't look into it cause I managed to finagle what I was trying to do. So my five-year-olds run around and he has to build this bridge. And of course it costs 30,000, um, 30,000 blocks, which is with him, with him running around in circles and me not helping him, it would take him like at least 40 hours or more just to earn that many blocks. So in this game, when, and I guess newer games, they have blocks and then they have studs and the blocks help you like build certain things and the studs help you kind of buy certain things. I feel like, um, so he had to like, you know, 7,000 blocks and he had to get like 30,000, which would have taken, been very hard to get to the next part of the game. So I started looking back into the TCP gecko stuff, which is again, the kind of remote memory injection utility that they, that they use. Um, and first I, you know, got the jar file. It's a Java based deal. And, um, I, I got it running and, um, what I remembered back when I first was doing all this stuff, the program that I used to kind of do uh, some of the backups, I think was called Mocha and Mocha was basically injected after or before kind of the system menu comes up. And then traditionally what you do is you run the TCP gecko client, which kind of starts a little server in the background, kind of in the kernel or in the memory. And then it allows you to like connect remotely and inject memory directly into the game while you're playing it. But to do that, you have to, of course, run launch it first. And I don't know if you, if you're old like me, the game genome was kind of the thing that, that kind of gives me that same kind of feeling where you put in the code before the game starts and then the game gene injects itself into the main, excuse me, the main game. So, um, in this instance, I feel like, um, 
uh, it was giving me errors and crashing and doing whatever and wouldn't load TCP Gecko. So what I found out is that basically I was I was kind of injecting stuff into the memory for Mocha, and then I was injecting stuff in the memory for TCP Gecko, and they were kind of flapping all over each other. So I pulled um, uh, Mocha out, which I think is only used for if you're doing backups and maybe um, you know modding or installing wads or whatever. Um, and for guides on all this, you know, they're pretty standard. You put in a USB USB stick, and then you run a banner bomb, and you get um, remote code execution, and you can install the homebrew stuff. And to get there, it's a lot quicker. Um, the steps are a lot easier once the Wii U is kind of depreciated, um, and all the exploits aren't going to be fixed. But um, to get there, there's a lot of guides online. Just Google it. Um, but I would say stay away from YouTube videos. Use those only for training purposes on what to click and what to get. But don't download a binary link from YouTube and start executing it. Figure out what that program is called and find the Git repo for it. And even then, you know, you want to look on the forums and find the official, you know, someone that's got some mod experience or that's got some some clout to to post those binaries for you. Because we're starting to lose that community and these these links are starting to get old. So you'll have like an old Google Drive link that doesn't work anymore or... Um, you know, something like that. So be, be wary of, you know, all these YouTube videos with clickbait in them. Um, and just use the YouTube videos to help you understand how to use the tools, but don't start downloading people's YouTube video links uh, with their binaries and running them. Cause you never know what kind of garbage is in there. Um, so I know, um, they had changed it to this J, um, J gecko, which is, I guess, Java based gecko. Um, and I don't remember it mean, being that name before. I think it was the .NET was when I was playing with it. But uh, anyways, I used it for the Zelda, and there was basic cheat files for all those. So it's a memory address, and then a, a push value, um, and then it's like a title. Um, so I managed to find some some cheats for that for the the Lego game. It's called Lego City, and of course I plug them in; they don't work. And then I realized, and I knew from the beginning that it was for the PAL version, which is a different region. Um, so I'm using the the U.S. region, and this was cheats for the PAL version. So I then I began to start trying to do the searching myself, um, which is extremely slow if you do the whole range of memory. Um, so I tried to do that a couple times, and I guess Java got too full and... Um, I tried manipulating the amount of memory in Java before for the jar file, which you can do set it like a maximum amount. Um, my wife's laptop only has like four gigs in it, so um, I had to do like three gigs, and it seemed to kind of kind of freeze up. So I took a different approach to where I looked at the memory addresses inside of the existing um, existing cheats and figured, hey, they're either going to be around there or in that general vicinity within you know, a few megs even. So what I did was, is I, without any understanding of math or how to do ranges of hex, um, I added and subtracted some numbers and or hex from the lowest value that I saw in the the G file and then the highest value that I saw. So for example, if the, if the cheats were, you know, if the range was one to a thousand and the cheats were like five to 20, I said, okay, well, let me do four to 21 or even like zero to 25. And I picked those ranges and I got lucky and I was able to pull back the, um, pull back the information for the, um, for the bricks and the studs. Now, traditionally, if you've ever used any of these local cheat based programs, sheet engines, a big one's been around forever. 
you basically search the memory for the value of whatever it is you're um, trying to mess with, and then you increment or decrement that value, um, and then search again, and then you increment or decrement, and then search again, and the theory is, is that you'll get one or two addresses that have to do with that range and if you if you're lucky you can just change that range and and modify the the game locally and get you know 999 and this this runs true for they have android based ones um the one for android is called oh man uh defender or uh defend or it's 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 got like a gray it's got a like a purple uh it's got like a purple thing of course it's made in china and i wouldn't run it on any any uh work phone or anything like that but um Anyways, it works the same the same way. Um, I think it's like NPK Hunter. I think it's called Hunter, something Hunter, and it's all in Japanese or whatever, Chinese. Um, but for Android, you have you obviously have to have a root uh, root to the device um, so to modify the memory on the fly for like local games and sometimes internet based games, which is an entirely different topic altogether. Um, so I managed to find these values, poked them. Um, and you can create a cheat file that's easy for people to ingest. And of course, um, took screenshots and everything and then put that up on the um, the forums for the, I think it's uh, GBANet or GBATemp.net, um, which is kind of the, the long-standing Wii modding community. Um, so I, I put those up there. I, I did spend a lot of time just doing other things. So I would tell it to search the memory and then run off and it would be like 33% done and it would just crap out and fail. Um, and a lot of things, and I did a couple of tests just to make sure that, um, what I, what I was doing was actually like working, um, for lack of a better term. So I put some smaller memory addresses in there and then tried to observe and see that they were moving and make sure, making sure I was getting updated and I had connectivity, which, I didn't necessarily need to do, but I was having issues with connectivity, and I think it was just the, the RAM running out of, of space, and it would you know halt at like 30% or whatever, or some kind of buffer for something where you know it only pull in so much so much memory before it uh, kind of craps out. But anyways, um, kind of a trial and error thing, and I've had some background in doing that, but nothing like crazy, like writing my own cheat files or whatever. Um, I'll also post a link to my cheat engine files, .ct files links. I found two big dumps of cheat engine files, which I don't know anything about. Um, and a lot of times you've got like uh, SSL pinning and stuff like that in these games, and they all have their security stack built into them. So you got to do like more memory stuff. And you can't really do a whole lot of inline um, SSL stuff to decrypt and then like edit your own values. And I know I'm kind of going all over the place and I need to get back on topic, but. Um, the idea there is, um, you can, you can, there's several ways to kind of modify a game, right? You can, you can go to the server, which is going to get you in jail. You can go to the server or create your own server, um, get the code from the server that's been leaked, or if you're lucky, they have like an open source server you can run and then you can modify the source or at least inject stuff based on other people's work to do things like have zero gravity or whatever. And then you modify your your Xbox to connect to that that server instead of another one. And there was a big community around like Grand Theft Auto and cheating and all that for a while, um, which they kind of locked down or whatever. But you can you can you can hack the server, you can create your own server based on you know either leaked source or um, 
open source or reverse engineering of server binary at some point in time. And you'll see that back in the old days, you'll see old like old Battle.net servers that um, say either reverse engineered the whole protocol and made their own Battle.net server, or um, maybe they got a hold of an old binary and are using that. And then as the game updates, they got geniuses that do all that stuff. Um, and then there's kind of uh, on the wire, which is not so common, not as common anymore because a lot of people encrypt that traffic going over the wire. Um, and when you try to decrypt it, it won't let you decrypt it, and the game will just bail. A lot of your phones, things like that, will do the same kind of thing, where as if uh, they have this thing called SSL pinning on them, and ap applications kind of do the same thing. Um, and you can't really inject the traffic. But if you're lucky, um, you can ins install like a root certificate on your device, and if it doesn't have SSL pinning, you can do things um, like modify stuff as it goes across the wire. And even in some cases, they'll be using some kind of framework where all the values are hashed. So you see the plain text, but the plain text is a bunch of hash values. So it'll be like a JSON with like a blob hash. And then you'll see another JSON with another blob hash. And to, to modify that, you can't, there's nothing you can really do except replay, um, other hashes. And if, if it doesn't match on the other end then the server either craps out or you get a 404 or whatever, the idea there is is um, there's kind of replay attacks with with those type of things where you can even if you don't know what the traffic is and you can get a general idea of what's going on if you're smart enough which I'm not you can do things like replace um, packets with with other packets or replay packets that you know you want so for example you pick up a chest or pick up an item you can potentially replay that packet and get the same item over and over again right which doesn't really happen that much anymore. Um, more often you'll see instances where you can swap out a hash um, for another thing. So, for example, if you have a characters, you know, you have five characters in your game, they're sending across, um, you're playing this game on your phone, you're sending across um, are these hash values for each character, right, that are bind to something on the server back end. So, for example, your strongest character is really expensive and you put dumb, dumb, money, dumb money and or time into them, because, you know, we all pay for money premium games, not... Um, you can... Uh, there's been instances where you can take that hash value and assign it to the other characters to your team, for example. So it'll be like, you know, my profile or my player... You know, my player group equals whatever, and then it's like a JSON with a bunch of hashes. Well, kind of with replay attacks, you can put the same hash in there five times and have your uber-crazy character basically cloned five times... Um, as far as, you know, either the, the way they look or the way they operate. But the idea there is that you can kind of replay, even if it's encrypted, you can understand how the application works and add, uh, and, and kind of replay values or replay packets or replay instances. Um, like for example, if you get a wheel and you spin a wheel or whatever, you can potentially replay that packet back and get whatever you wanted whatever you were going to get for that wheel if they didn't do any proper checking on the back end. So, um, I know this is supposed to be more about Wii modding stuff, um, but I'll say, you know, use your main tutorials, use YouTube to help you out for, um, for understanding how to use the tools. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'll be the first person to tell you I'd rather watch a video than read a forum post on how to use a tool because, you know, the problem with forum posts is that they don't, necessarily 
necessarily cater to the common common use case, right? They have to get all the caveats out in 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 the way to make sure that if you got some clown that's running point oh two four B of custom firmware for you know the little step pad thing that comes with the EU and they have to do something different, then they have to start off with that. Um, and a lot of those caveats are built into these tutorials and your common use case, run of the mill person, um, just needs to do the basic thing first, the, the basic tutorial first, right? And then once they get the tool working, then you can start reverse engineering and understanding, okay, well, this piece of the tool is not really working. I need to figure this out. Oh, I missed a step over here because I didn't read the documentation. So, you know, I try to use any kind of video tutorials, any kind of old, you know, videos for stuff. This is, uh, this stuff is back, you know, kind of had a peak 2017, 2016, 15, um, for the Wii U stuff. Um, make sure I'm actually still recording. Um, so, so I'll say that use your like whatever.nets for, um, your Wii U modding and tutorials. Um, don't give you, don't give anybody any money, obviously, unless you want, you know, won't want them to help you learn reverse engineering and stuff. Um, um, be careful about, you know, downloading any binaries from weird links that aren't like official GBA, uh, temp links, uh, or, you know, off of a GitHub repo, whatever. And then even then, if it's a forked repo, you kind of got to be careful about what you pull down from there too. Um, there's stuff in there about cheat engine. So you can, I guess, potentially take in, consume or use cheat engine, dumps from in um in the the tcp gecko or the j gecko thing which is kind of interesting and i didn't have a chance to play around with that um because cheat engine is used by a lot of folks to do this type of stuff um i i went on the discord which i'll put a link into the thing but i mainly just answered all my own questions um i did research and doing some google foo about how to you know where do i start what memory addresses do i start at um, I tried the big broad ones and, you know, like I said, got to 33% or so and then crapped out. So then I said, okay, well, if the PAL is anywhere close to the regular version, I can add a few bits on either end. And hopefully if I get lucky, I'll find it. And I did get lucky. And that's why I made that little cheat file for, uh, the, the gecko cheat engine thing. So um, follow the guides, um, do a NAND backup or what they call is basically a complete backup of your system. So the idea is once you get that code execution, you can kind of put in a bootloader or a boot me or a pre boot system. So, so where if something happens, you can like hit the reset button on your Wii U as it's booting up and it'll boot you into like a place where you can restore an old NAND backup. If you manage to mangle your different iOSs and they have the term iOSs are in Wii and I think Wii U where you have different versions of iOS and if you're trying to play a game, sometimes you have to load that version up for that game. Um, and depending on your play style and how you're playing your backups, you know, you, you don't know if it's going to work or maybe something freezes or you have to add support for something. Um, there's all these limitations once you start messing around with the Wii U that if you start, you know, kind of inundating it with lots of bells and whistles, you start to find out that there's limitations with, you know, how many songs you can import to like rock band, right? Um, you can only have like 3000 or 6,000 at a time. And I pulled down like all 10,000 or something of them and expected to be able to like search through that list. It's not possible because it only supports like only so much memory for the Wii at runtime that you can put in, you know, the database of all those, of all those files. Um, 
what else will I say? Um, I looked at the 3DS stuff. Um, that seems pretty complicated right now. It's like a 20-minute video on how to do 3DS uh, um, uh, modding. Um, but the Wii U stuff is still pretty pretty standard stuff. Um, so it can breathe some life back into your your Wii U or your Wii to uh, mod it, play around with some games. Um, there's actually you know entire like modded add-ons you can have for big games like Mario Kart has a bunch of add-ons where you can drive around as a giant Yoshi or something um, and do silly things in the game that weren't particularly designed to do or drive around as something else or um, custom a lot of custom stuff that you, that you can do that wasn't really there around back in the day um, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, obviously this will break your license agreement or whatever. Of course, none of that stuff is supported, anyways. I don't think. But um, you know, feel free to reach out to me if you if you have a Wii or Wii U and you need help, you know, soft modding or modding your Wii, and you have a you know you have an old Wii laying around and you want to send it to me with some money to buy a drive, and I can send it back to you with all, everything you need to go to do backups, um, your own backups and all that stuff. So. Um, Anyways, um, happy hacking, and, uh, you know, let me know if you need anything. Later. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.